While Jesus was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There are two wonderful miracles in our gospel this morning. First, there is the miracle of Jesus raising from the dead a 12-year-old girl who had died. And second, there is the miracle of Jesus healing a woman who for 12 years had been bleeding. In both of these miracles, we see that Jesus has power over life and death, and that by his blood, and that by his death, he gives us healing and eternal life. What strikes me most about our gospel today are the hands. Just focus on the hands. The little girl's hands lie lifeless at the side of her bed. And the older woman, the one who had been bleeding for 12 years, her hands are desperately reaching out, just hoping to grab a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. Both of their hands are marked by the curse of sin. Both are daughters of Eve, after all. The first woman who had used her hands to reach out, to grasp what God had forbidden. Eve, she reached out and took, and she ate. And she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And in so doing, handed down the curse of sin and death to all humanity. So again, this morning, we see the hands of two women, two daughters of Eve that show forth that curse. One hand is desperately reaching out, and the other hands are lifeless, hanging off the side of the little girl's bed. That same curse, that same curse has been handed down to you too. And just think about those hands of yours that God gave you. Those hands of yours are well-trained to reach out for nearly everything that you want. And then they so quickly wave off all the needs of others. Your hands are open and generous when it comes to all the goodies for you and yours. But you can be so tight-fisted when it comes to being generous to the Lord. And then maybe worst of all, those hands of yours cling so tightly to the word of God's forgiveness that he has dished out to you for all of your wrongs. 
But then how quickly you turn around yourself and you can be so tight-fisted when it comes to dishing out that same forgiveness to those you feel have slighted you in any way. The sins of our hands should be enough to put us in the hands of a very angry God. And yet wonder of wonders what we see from the hands of St. Matthew in our gospel this morning. We see sinners in the hands of a merciful God. A God who is kind and compassionate and forgiving. Jairus was his name, that devastated father of that 12-year-old girl. In our gospel this morning, he planted his knees at the feet of Jesus, and he used his hands to plead for Jesus for help. My daughter has died, but come, Jesus, and lay your hands on her, and she will live. As Jesus was going forth to heal her and place his hands upon her, there were some other hands that were fighting through a crowd, hands that were reaching out for him, a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. This woman would have been considered unclean because of her hemorrhage. She had spent all of her resources on physicians and doctors, but her condition had only grown worse. If only I can touch the, his garment with my hands, I will be made well, she said to herself. As she waded through the sea of people reaching out to grab hold of him, and as she drew near, Jesus turned and saw her and said to her, Take heart, my daughter. Your faith has saved you. And she was miraculously healed at that very moment. And what joy must have seized her. Soon after, when Jesus arrived at the house of Jairus, it was announced that that little girl was already dead. Nothing more could be done. And they were all mourning and making a real scene. But Jesus, he dismissed them, even told them that the girl was not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, not understanding that her life was in his hands. Our Lord went in to where the girl was sleeping, and he took her by the hand. Mark's gospel tips us off on exactly, precisely what Jesus said to her. Talitha kum, he said. It's a, term, it's a term of endearment, and the best translation there may be something like little lamb, sweet little girl, it's time to get up, time to rise, wake up. And with those words, Talitha kum, Jesus took her by the hand, and the girl, she rose. Her eyes fluttered open, and life rushed into her. And fear and joy must have seized all who witnessed that miracle. Jesus raised a girl from the dead and restored her to the arms of her father. And he healed a woman from bleeding, stopping her from essentially bleeding to death and restored her to life and health and wholeness. Dear friends of God, these miracles were done and they were recorded for our sake so that we might learn to find comfort in them. You see, the curse of death reaches out and touches everything that we hold dear. 
But Jesus' touch brings life and healing. Eve, she reached out with her hands, and through Adam's sin, the world was cursed. But now, with the coming of Jesus, that curse is removed. What we should see is that we are all sons and daughters of Eve, with hands, too, that have grasped and clawed, hurt and harmed, with hands that have reached out and have been unfaithful. Yet Jesus' hands are faithful. Isaiah, in our first reading today, reminds us that it was by the Lord's hands that the heavens end was first stretched out, and it was by the Lord's hands that the foundations of the earth were laid. So consider now that it was those same hands, those same hands that he himself allows to be tied up and bound when he was arrested at Gethsemane. Those bound hands were marched before Pilate and the multitude. And even Pilate, he washed his hands, confessing Jesus' innocence, his holiness. When our Lord went forth to the cross, he held out those hands of his to be pierced and nailed to a tree, to make atonement for all the evil your hands and your heart have ever done. And his hands were stretched out violently on the cross to embrace the world's sin, your sin, making it his own, and even dying for it. He even let those hands of his become limp as he died for you. Those hands lying next to his lifeless body as he was wrapped in a linen shroud and laid in the grave. And yet then he rose again on the third day to show forth those hands again. And he appeared to his frightened little church in that upper room to bless them with holy hands, wounded but victorious hands to bless them, to comfort them, and to assure them that all of their sins were now forgiven, washed away. And then with his hands he gave them holy orders to go forth in his name and to get their hands on you too as ministers of the gospel. And that's just what you needed. Because like those two daughters of Eve, death has been working in your body too, increasing weaknesses, bodily pain and complications that physicians cannot ultimately fix, and anxieties and new fears and weaknesses which at times overwhelm you. And yet the underlying problem is, of course, the curse of sin and these fallen natures which no doctor or medical expert can ultimately ever answer for, except, of course, for Christ alone. For Jesus showed himself alive in that upper room to send forth his ministers to get their hands on you, a pastor to baptize you in the name of the triune God, to bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and to remind you that you're ultimately in the hands of Jesus who loves you, who made the heavens and the earth and who holds you in the palms of his hands. These two miracles are recorded in the Holy Scripture for you, for your comfort, 
Like Jairus, like that father, plant your knees at Jesus' feet, trusting in his power to save. Be like that woman who reached out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, trusting in his healing power, because it's his healing that you'll receive. You see, where our hands have only wrought death, Jesus' hands, they now bring life in abundance. Dear friends of God, there is no circumstance in your life that Jesus is not aware of or is unable to help. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. And it's precisely when all else fails, it is precisely when all of our resources come up short that God's grace shines more brightly from the wounds of our blessed and holy Savior. For it's He, Jesus, ultimately, who reaches out to you in the sacrament, reaches out to you with His hands, with His own body and blood, saying, take and eat, take and drink, and find healing and comfort for all of your troubles. And we reach out with our hands and we take hold of God's promises, trusting that the words of Jesus always deliver what they say, forgiveness and life and salvation. And we reach out with our hands for the chalice, and we receive the medicine of immortality and the antidote to death. And that love that you receive, that love in his gospel and sacrament, it actually strengthens us. It does what it says. And God gives us hearts to truly love and serve our neighbor. He gives us hands, no longer tight-fisted, but open to the needs of our neighbors. With hearts and hands eager to dish out that same forgiveness we've received to everyone, especially to those who have harmed us and hurt us. And He gives us hands to help our neighbor, to be generous, to help one another in every physical need. But above all, look always to the hands of Jesus, the loving arms of your Savior who will someday reach out and tenderly lift you up from your grave, Talith akum, little lamb, I say to you, arise. It's time to get up. And you gladly will in the resurrection. Your eyes too will open. Life will rush into you. And you will go forth to meet him. O come, let us sing to the Lord, for we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.